All right, Peter, are you ready for this, this very juicy, very juicy question? All right, hit me. Let's make me look even worse than I have on the other podcast. You were good, you were good. So here's the question. Do VCs care about profitability? There was a TechCrunch article that we saw. You're like, this would make a great podcast. Uh, when? When did this, po this post came out? No, 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 no. When, when, when what? So your question is, do VCs care about profitability? And my answer is when? Oh, when? <laughs> did they care in January this year about profitability? Look, if VCs have to choose between profitability and growth, they're going to choose growth. Okay. They're not going to choose profitability. Okay. Now, in an ideal world, they're going to choose profitable growth. Now, that doesn't mean that you're generating profits. It means that your unit economics are positive. Okay. What are you looking at for unit unit economics? Primarily cost of goods sold? Uh, it's going to depend on the business. Um, ultimately, though, it's going to be like, I always look for contribution margin. So okay. I'm looking at uh, revenue minus costs, like cost of goods sold minus cost to acquire customers, essentially. Okay. Right. Like basically, like give me all the variable expenses and all the, the variable revenues and subtract the two and then give me, let me see what's left. Right. Mm -hmm. And if it's positive, then you can cover all your fixed expenses as you scale. And if it's not, then you can't. Right. Now, that doesn't mean that there aren't certain circumstances where it doesn't like, let me re rephrase this. There are certain circumstances where it makes sense to fund businesses that are contribution margin negative, which means that they lose money on every dollar of revenue they generate, right? Okay. Um, at, on a variable basis. And that is, that's okay if you have to change customer behavior and you have a high degree of confidence that you can change customer behavior and that once you've changed behavior, you can start increasing prices because they're essentially hooked, right? Uh, and make the unit economics work. But that, that, that's a big bet okay. and, and a risky one. So in general, as a VC, you look for companies that are contribution margin positive, uh, even if they're losing money on like a, a holistic basis. I think the challenge is right now is that uh, every VC is like, hey, there's a recession on the horizon. Co like even if revenues don't decline, cost to generate revenue is going to go up. It's going to be harder, right? Mm -hmm. And we want to invest in businesses that can survive that time period. And so the more capital efficient you are, uh, the less money you're burning. Like, let's say you even get to profitability, which is great. That means you have runway to survive. But I would bet most VCs would look at that. And as soon as you may get to the other side of a recession, they'd be like, we don't, we don't care so much about profitability, especially if it's at the expense of growth. Because what VCs want to invest in, which they're not always willing to admit, but what we want to invest in is monopolies. Okay. Monopolies like has like a dirty connotation in a lot of people's mouths. But the reality is- Monopolies that if, and duop duopolies. Monopolies and duopolies. But if you look at every great massive home run venture deal that's ever been done, right? They are 100% monopolies. Google monopoly, Facebook monopoly, Apple monopoly, Amazon monopoly right? Like Uber monopoly, right? Boom. Like every single successful venture deal has strong monopolistic power. And part of the reason they have that monopolistic power is because they grew super fast. They acquired a ton of market share. They leveraged network effects or whatever it might be, 
um, to build up strong barriers. And then it becomes really hard for somebody else to come in and compete. And once you've established yourself as a monopoly, then you can start increasing prices and generate massive, massive profits. And that's what VCs care about. We're looking like even if in our in our hold period, the company never generates profits, we're looking for businesses that are going to generate insane profits over the long run, right? So you look at like Facebook, how much does Facebook, even right now where they're kind of going through like kind of some lumpy times, they are still generating billions and billions and billions of dollars in profits, right? That as a VC is what you care about, even if Facebook burned an insane amount of money and never generated a dollar in revenue during your hold period. You knew that like once they got scale, right, they would be such a, in such a strong monopolistic position that they could charge almost whatever they wanted price-wise and, and generate huge, huge profits. What are the next industries that you see as having the ability to, to, to anoint a monopol- monopolistic actor? Um, that is a great question. I think one of the challenges is that it's not always obvious what that next really big potential business is going to be. Okay. Um, and I was talking to a friend of mine recently and we were, we were kind of talking about how it doesn't feel like there are any big companies that where it's like obvious that they're going to be the next big company, if that makes sense. It's like, you looked at like Uber and Lyft and, and you could kind of see like, like, yeah, even though Uber is not worth a hundred billion today, it's on that trajectory to get there. Right. Mm-hmm. If you looked at like Airbnb, it was the same, same type of story. It was like, they're not there yet, but you could see it. Mm-hmm. You could see it going. And maybe that's because these are consumer uh, driven apps. And I think what you're seeing a lot more of today is, you know, maybe more enterprise type apps that are growing. But I, I don't know. It's, it's a great question. I think, I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if we've, we've had a lot of crypto companies really stumble over the last year as we head into this, you know, crypto winter. But I won't be surprised if the next kind of wave of crypto when it comes along, we start seeing companies that have really, really strong, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like staying power at the end of the day that are worth that hundred, two hundred billion dollars and, and, don't get slammed too hard by, you know, by another cyclical, another, another cycle with crypto. Okay. What about AI? Could AI be that next monopoly? Potentially. I mean, there are different views on AI. Some people view AI as like, maybe like power, right? There'll be like AI engines and we tap in and we kind of rent time on those AI engines to do different tasks for us. My impression is that AI, at least in its current state, is more something that everybody kind of has to have a little bit of, and they're they're right. building their own engines, but right? AI will be run by the person who also is sitting on top of the most data. Yeah, but but data is becoming even more and more fungible, and so and and easier and easier to build and get, especially like enough data to drive your models. Whereas before, I would have agreed with you. I'm not certain that that's necessarily the case because we just generate as a society so much data so quickly now that I don't know that like data actually plays that that big of an advantage over the long run. Okay. What about CRISPR? Could CRISPR be the next uh, monopoly? I mean, there are a lot of companies that are playing around with CRISPR, but it's also technology has been out for quite a while now and you haven't seen any that any big, big, big companies that have capitalized on it. Still kind of early though. It is still kind of early. And honestly, it's not my area of expertise. Like I know enough there to be dangerous, but we don't invest in those types of companies. So it's not something I follow too closely. Okay. 
I think I do think that there are interesting opportunities around uh, the intersection of software and fintech, and I think software, fintech, and AI. And I think we're just starting to scratch the surface on some of that. I think that there could be opportunities for more super apps, similar to what you have in in China that don't really exist here in the US. Okay. Where you have the ability to start controlling more and more and more centralized apps instead of having, you know, 30 apps to to do, you know, 30 different things. You have one to do all of those things. Why has that not happened here? Uh, it's a good question. I think part of it is that, you know, we were a little bit like the Wild West. Everybody wants their own, like, specialized solution, okay. right? And we, the U.S. is not as uh, homogeneous of a culture as uh, other cultures like in Asia. Um, but I think the flip side is that there are a lot of gains that could be had in super apps. And so, I don't know. Part of me kind of wishes that there were some because the like better interoperability and performance would be really interesting. Okay. I've never played with one of these Chinese super apps. I've just heard about them. Yeah. I mean, they're kind of cool because you can, it's like your dating profile, your social profile, your payments, your savings, your retirement, your coupons, your daily deals, your, you know, it's like all in one, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of cool. But also maybe a little dystopian as well. Okay. Any other monopolies? I know we've gotten a long ways from profitability, but you're saying monopolies are the most profitable. So okay. what, what other monopolies do I think? Any other trends where you could say a monopoly could come out of this space? Look, I don't know if anyone's going to figure out AR and VR. Okay. I would like to think that we will won't at mic- some point. Won't Microsoft figure it out? I don't know. Microsoft, Facebook, Meta, right? I think the real play with uh, AR VR is with um, the work environment is where it'll become most profitable the fastest. Mm-hmm. It's the best use case. Yeah, people have been saying that second. for years, but it hasn't it hasn't really translated either. Because even with with Facebook's Gen Two, or is it the newest? Yeah, I guess it's their third. The version. Oculus Pro. The yeah. Oculus Pro, which is it's, really expensive. It's really expensive, but it's not a four K. Yeah interface correct Correct yeah if i'm wrong i think yeah i think the part of the issue is we've got to get the technology to the point where it's simultaneously affordable and also uh, powerful enough to replace our phones okay and light enough and light enough yeah 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 it's got to be something that's like a superior user experience at an affordable price point to beat the phone and until you can do that it's always going to be kind of a gimmicky you know nice okay. to have so 20 years out 10 years out i don't know like tech development happens exponentially so it could be five years out i don't you know it's hard to know right okay it's the thing is like our brains don't think about exponential growth we we don't comprehend it very well as humans and so what seems like it's going to take 10 20 years shocks us when it takes like three right but it's also hard for us to be able to like rationally say oh it's going to be three years mm-hmm I mean, look at like electric vehicles today, right? Like every car company now is like forced to pump out electric vehicles. And if Tesla hadn't come along, uh, we still all, like nobody would be talking about electric vehicles most likely, right? Mm-hmm. So, but that has just accelerated incredibly fast. In the solid state battery space will be interesting. Solid state batteries will be interesting. But ultimately hardware is hard uh, and it's hard to build a monopoly in hardware. Okay. 
especially if you don't own the full value chain. So one of the things that's interesting about Apple is that they own the full value chain effectively, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the full user experience. Um, what you don't want to be is like a supplier to Apple because mm-hmm. like maybe you have the best battery today for the la- their laptops or their phones, but then somebody else comes out with a better battery and they switch. Right. But what they control is that user experience and the, the customer. And that's, you know, that's really hard to get okay. to, to replace. Got it. So we got, we have our answers on profitability and monopolistic behaviors when it comes to VCs. So what do you think is my answer then? I think you and probably other VCs are curious where the next, that next space will be. Yeah, well, you're always curious, right? And you're always trying to like, you know, figure it out and invest in the next big thing. Mm-hmm. Do you see, uh, so when I used to run with you to angels, you would see people coming up with this similar idea all around the same time yeah you see that with your current investing uh to an extent yeah it wasn't like it wasn't like 100 percent, but it was it was it's very common though yeah and and the reason for that is you know as a vc you always have to ask yourself like why now Mm -hmm. and oftentimes what happens is like the stars kind of align right technology reaches a point adoption reaches a point um that people that have a need that hasn't been solvable before all of a sudden because of technology and adoption and other things that need is now solvable and other people see that and so they start building products to solve that need and it kind of all happens at the same time okay um but you know as a vc you're you're combating like that side of things where it's like yeah now's the right time and that's why there are all these companies popping up with also like saying Hey, we want to invest in something that's more disruptive, mm-hmm. right? We want to invest in that that pain point um, before anybody else figures it out, right? Or or a pain point that other people don't see, right? That now is like solvable that wasn't solvable before. So you think like Airbnb is a good example of that, like totally disruptive idea. And um, what trends? And so seeing? it's challenging though because yeah. you know you could get it wrong a lot. Mm-hmm. Are you seeing trends right now? Uh, you know, as I look across our portfolio, you know, I, I think one of the big trends, like I mentioned earlier, is this intersection of fintech software and AI, Okay. where it's like software today, it's not enough just to have like a software that does a task. It's like, how can you bleed in, like take the data that you're collecting uh, on the software side and create financial products on it? And then that requires as well, like this AI input. Uh, and if you don't have kind of those three things, you're probably not going to be successful in the long run because your competitors do. Okay. Interesting. What's the laugh for? Nothing. All right. Well, anything you'd like to add on this podcast? Or we should wrap it up here. No, I mean, so if you're running an entrepreneur, sorry, if you are an entrepreneur and you're running a company right now, my advice is uh, drive towards capital efficiency. To do the layoffs, whatever it is, drag drag out the timeline, your runway as much as you can. But know that like at the other end of this recession, like VCs are gonna come back and they're gonna want to see growth because like I said earlier, what VCs care about is can you establish a monopoly that can generate massive profits? And if you can generate massive profits, then you'll be valued super highly and then VCs will make a ton of money. So part of it is just surviving the recession. There's gonna be a ton 
of companies that don't survive. And so if you can just survive, you're gonna be in a really good position at the end of this to, to, to create a monopoly. And then you raise a bunch of money to grow really aggressively and take advantage of the lack of competition. And that can put you up, put you in a really good, really strong place. Okay, well, awesome. Well, thanks guys. Go to venturecapital.fm if you wanna learn more. You can subscribe to all of our socials. Good call it socials. Sure. All right, and we'll see you guys on the next episode. Thanks guys, bye. Thanks. Thanks.